We the ones they talking about. Broadway Sports Media. Choose your fighter. Justin and Justin Titans podcast show. I'm not a cocky person. I'm just passionate. Final round. Uh, yeah, I'm looking for a new podcast partner immediately. Quarantine and chill. We all we got. Hey, Titans on three. One, two, three. Alrighty, let's start. Hey, hey everyone, welcome in. This is the Music City Audible, presented by Broadway Sports, partnered with 440 Sports, and brought to you by Panic. That's right, today's episode is brought to you by Panic. I'm Justin Graver, I'm joined as always by Justin Mello, and Justin, we have more to talk about this week than we had last week, which is hard to believe. You're not wrong. Yeah, there's a lot to cover today. We've we kind of alluded to it last week, right? We said a lot was going to happen uh, within the within the last week, and I, I would say even more happened than I think we could have imagined. For the Titans, absolutely, in my opinion. I mean, the cuts that have come down the pipeline, we were not expecting. I kind of think we should recap this day by day, really quickly. What happened on Monday? A lot of nothing until towards the end of the day. Out of nowhere, boom, comes the news. The Titans have signed Danico Autry, and a, a few moments later, Bud Dupree. Huge signings for the defense. We will talk about what those mean. But then, things got different. On Tuesday, what happened? We lost some guys. The Titans decided to part ways with Adoree Jackson, which saves them about $10 million against the cap. And shocking to me, absolutely shocking to me, was the release of Dennis Kelly, which we will dive more into i failed to mention the titans signed kendall lamb on monday as well and by signed i mean agreed to terms with because they couldn't sign anyone until wednesday on wednesday they made those signings official along with the trade of course of isaiah wilson to the dolphins and they also brought back some tight ends anthony ferkser and jeff swaim will be back on thursday the titans made even more moves morgan cox long snapper signed kevin johnson a terrible cornerback. We will talk about it. Signed. Pretty big for the defense for Kevin Johnson. We'll see. Is he going to be a starter? We'll talk about it. Because a lot of guys that we thought were coming back are not coming back. Desmond King signed with the Houston Texans. And former Titans Corey Davis and Jonu Smith, gone. Just, just gone. Just gone forever. Never to be Titans again. I would expect Daquan Jones will sign somewhere in the coming days and not be a Titan anymore. I would expect Jadeveon Clowney will hold out until late August for more money than he's worth and sign somewhere else as well. So all those big guys, this is where I want to start. Six guys that were like the big free agents, right? And we said on this podcast, we wouldn't be shocked if only two or three ended up coming back. And how many have come back, huh? Less than I thought. One. Jayon Brown. I guess I forgot to mention Jayon Brown somewhere in that. You know what? A lot has happened this week. It's Friday. Just know that the whole week is a blur. Been glued to Twitter. Jayon Brown came back. And is that it? Yeah. Just Jayon. I mean, that's wild. That is wild. Can I play a clip? I'm going to play a clip really quick. Because I don't know how many people saw this coming. I'm going to say not many. Certainly not many Titans fans. I mean... I feel like an idiot because just on the last podcast, I said this. The Titans have time still to sign Jonu Smith and sign Corey Davis to extensions. And I still think, I think they're going to sign at least one of them before Monday. And I just am going to believe that until it doesn't happen. 
Obviously, I no longer believe that because it didn't happen. Corey Davis gets a lot of money from New York. It's not a ton, but it's a pretty nice deal. Three years, $37 million. I think the first year cap hits just over $9 million. I think the Titans could have managed to, to make that kind of a contract, but obviously they felt Corey Davis was overvalued at that price point. He goes to the New York Jets, which you and I thought, talked a lot about as a possible landing place for former Titans receiver Khalif Raymond just because Robert Sala going up there with Mike McDa- or uh, Mike LaFleur, Matt LaFleur's brother, to run the offense, which is supposedly going to be the same offense that Kyle Shanahan runs in San Francisco and, and Sean McVay in L.A. and Matt LaFleur in Green Bay and, of course, the Titans run that offense. So Corey Davis will know the West Coast offense. He should be productive in that offense, continuing to run those same kind of Yankee concepts and creating separation off play action, which he's so good at, and then picking up yards up to the catch. So it's interesting that the Titans right now, as it stands on Friday, have seen Curtis Samuel and Will Fuller and most of the other viable wide receiver options are off the board. As we sit here and record this on Thursday night, the only real I mean, I say upgrade. I'm not even sure most people would consider this an upgrade at this point, but I would be ecstatic if they could land Juju Smith-Schuster, who's the only really talented receiver still on the market. So your thoughts quickly, because we have a lot to cover here, on Corey Davis leaving. Yeah, I mean, I would have agreed with you last week, as as stupid as you now sound for playing that clip. (laughs) I would have agreed with you that I thought they were going to keep one. Uh, of Corey Davis or John Newsmith. So I was certainly shocked uh, when Monday came. And I think it was right before free agency opened that uh, Diana Rossini from ESPN tweeted that um, the Titans had informed or whatever it was, Corey Davis and John Newsmith, they were both leaving, that they weren't resigning them. They didn't have the money to do it, yada, yada. So that, that, that bomb dropped early Monday morning. And uh, that, that was tough, right? Because again, I, I, I certainly thought one of them was going to be back. I had predicted it was going to be Jonu Smith the entire time, though. So to see both of those guys leave, um, certainly difficult. And it certainly uh, raises a lot of questions about, uh, you know, h- how much they can sustain uh, this, uh, you know, this offense going forward. Right, exactly. And, and you, you know, like, yes, they can draft a rookie and rookies have come in and been productive and, at least one rookie has has been a near or better than thousand yard receiver in each of the last like ten years or so. I think we had three or more pretty productive good rookie receivers last year and the year before. So I definitely think they can fill the wide receiver too with a rookie, but it's putting a lot of pressure on that rookie to come in and be productive right away. It's almost the same amount of pressure they put on Corey Davis when he was drafted fifth overall, and he kind of I mean he didn't kind of he failed to live up to that expectation. So. Right. And it took four years, right, for him to really hit his stride. And that's the next point I want to get to, because Jonu Smith is, in my opinion, a bigger loss just in terms of how difficult he'll be to replace. Like, I think you can piece together a Corey Davis replacement out of Anthony Ferkser from the slot and a rookie wide receiver, two and a Josh Reynolds level free agent who is still on the market. So you could replace that kind of production. But Jonu Smith, I honestly, I mean, that's going to be a lot tougher to replace. I think rather than looking for a replacement, a direct one-for-one replacement, because you're not going to find one, is trying to to morph the offense into a more three-wide receiver set type of offense or two-running-back type of offense that doesn't rely so much on having that two-way tight end who can block and run routes the way that Jonu Smith can. Jonu Smith signs for four years, $50 million in New England. It's a bigger deal than what Derrick Henry got when you look at the guaranteed money, which a lot of people have pointed out now. And 
I think that that is a huge deal for John U. Smith. The F words pod, Mike and Zach on Tuesday's F words pod episode, were arguing if they, if John U. Smith was a top five tight end in the league or a top three tight end in the league, and if he deserves this much money. And I mean, that's a really interesting discussion to me. We don't really have time to dive into that too much right now, but I just want to say, twelve and a half million per year for John U. Smith. That is a lot of money, and I do think the Titans probably wanted him back, and they heard that his market was in that $12.5 million a year range that New England paid him and said, we just can't stomach that. And I know his first-year cap hits really low, and the cap's expected to jump, and the new TV deals just got signed, but those won't really start taking into account until 2023, which means the salary cap won't be affected by that until 2024. So those jumps are pretty far away. And when you look at what Jonu Smith is getting paid. I, I mean, this year in this cap, I know his first year cap hits low, but that is that's a lot of money to pay a tight end who is not definitively one of the best tight ends in the league. I mean, where would you rank him? I mean, certainly not top three or or anything crazy like that. You know, probably you know, is he is he top ten? Maybe on the board. I think he's definitely that. top ten. I think he's arguably top five. But I think that that's you'd have to argue for him because he doesn't. I mean, maybe it's the way the Titans used him. Kelsey, Kittle, Waller. Yeah, those are your top three, I think, for sure. I'm not going to sit here and 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 really give excuses, to be honest with you, about his contract and oh, he was he was this, he was that, because you know every this is every year in free agency, guys get paid. You know what I mean, and 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 that's just how it is. So. I don't look at that John U. Smith contract. This is just me being honest. I'm not going to make myself feel better by looking at it and saying, oh, yeah, that's crazy. I'm, I'm glad they didn't do that. No, you know, I, I think, you know, if they could have, then they probably should have. You know, we, we know he's a good player, uh, you know, barring, again, that they have any concerns about his health. Um, I think that was mentioned somewhere, right? Was it Buck? I think on on on, on Nashville radio might have mentioned something to do with his knee, but Right. New England certainly didn't have any concerns, right? Four years, $50 million. But, you know, if they could have done it and they weren't concerned about the knee, then I would have done it. You know, I I don't care that, oh, it now makes him the quote unquote, you know, this, you know, third, fourth highest paid tight end in the league because someone's going to pass it next year and a guy's going to pass it the year. That's how free agency works. I know we're in a down year for the cap, but guys, you know, guys are still getting paid to a certain extent, right? So, I'm not going to sit here and, and and make myself feel better by saying, oh, you know what? That contract's ridiculous. They're they're better off not making that move. Because, no, I don't think they're better off. Yeah, I think it's hard to imagine an offense that is better without him in 2021. Now, the offense was probably due to regress a little bit anyway, at least at some point, because they've been great for two straight years. Um where I think losing a guy like Johnny Smith really hurts you because you'll you'll get a lot of pushback on Twitter from people who say, oh, he's not even a good route runner. He's not a big weapon in the passing game. And maybe he is, maybe he isn't. The Titans chose not to use him that way, which is going to be the case when you have Derrick Henry as the primary engine of your offense and A.J. Brown as the primary pass catcher and Corey Davis as an excellent secondary pass catcher and injuries to your starting tackles such that you need some a tight end like Janu to stay in and chip, which affects the kind of routes that he can run. But where I think he really hurts you is the ability on like third and 15. This this happened a few times in the last few years where you dump it off to Janu Smith on second or third and long on a short little pass 
like a almost like a screen pass and he breaks eight tackles and picks up 20 yards and a first down I think your ability to convert third downs at a rate that was well above league average takes a big hit and I think that your ability to disguise what kind of play you're going to run and we think the Titans are going to run most of the same offense you come out in a personnel set that has two tight ends or a tight end in line and fake a handoff if John o. Smith's in the game the defense really has to respect that handoff fake if Michael Pruitt and Jeff Swaim and Anthony Ferkser, Michael Pruitt, by the way, may not be back. No, hasn't signed a deal yet with anyone, but there was talks the Titans may not be able to work it out with him. So we'll have to keep our eyes peeled and stay tuned to that one. But anyway, you know, you, you can say, well, the, the run blocking tight ends are in. It's most likely a run or Anthony Ferkser's in. It's most likely a pass. So I think it, that the Titans offense definitely suffers from not having Jonu Smith. There's no viable replacement. Hunter Henry off the market, also signed in New England. Kyle Rudolph off the market. Thankfully, I didn't want I did not want the Titans to pay Kyle Rudolph. He got 16 million for two years, which is crazy for a tight end his age. And I don't think they're going to sign a free agent tight end that's going to come in here anymore. I mean, there's nobody on the there's market. Nobody. So do you do you yeah. draft someone in the second or third round? Uh, that's high for a tight end. For it's just a whole. I, I I'm with you. I think that the Titans offense gets worse. It is a lot of money to pay. But at some point, and I think Zach put it best on Efforts Pod, John Robinson just got to get creative and figure out a way to pay your best players money because they deserve it. I mean, he earned that contract. So, yeah, that's crazy. And the Titans will have to figure out what their offense is going to be now because I think the identity has to change a little bit. You're right. And it makes you, like you said, I like what, you know, you hit the nail on the head there. It just makes you more predictable. Right. And when you have Anthony Ferkser in the game or you have Jeff Swain in the game, for the most part, it makes you more predictable. Like you said, I think it's pretty safe to assume it's it, it's passed when Ferks are in there is in there and it's run when Swaim is in there. So I, th- I think they have to draft one right now. Right? I don't know that you can go into the season with the room looking the way that it does. So it's it's just another place that they have to spend resources on in the draft, and, and we're going to get to that because I think there are several other positions uh, that uh, right now are looking like could use some uh, some TLC in the draft. Yeah, and I think that the top two are wide receiver. We just discussed Corey Davis's Corey Davis leaving. Titans have yet to sign another wide receiver. So right now, let's talk about the wide receiver room. We're looking at A.J. Brown, followed by Cam Batson, Marcus Johnson, and Chester Rogers, I think are the – and Nick Westbrook-Akine, who's actually not technically signed back yet. I think are – those are no, the so, – So quick, quick note on that. Uh, Nick Westbrook is signed, and not to – not to, I, I, there are a lot of sites that I've seen that have him listed as such, right? So I, I get why you're saying that, but uh, I felt like an idiot when I texted, uh, you know, a source the other day and said, hey, uh, you know, l- let me know what happens on, on, on Nick Westbrook's deal. And I got a response saying, I'm sorry. And I said, well, yeah, they, they got to bring Nick back, don't they? And I was told, uh, no, Nick's got another year left on his contract. So mm. Nick, Nick is Nick Westbrook is signed. He's not a free agent. He's not an exclusive rights free agent or anything. He is he is under contract with the Titans. Okay, well there you go. They got five guys who have I don't know what the stats are, but I'd be shocked if any of them. I'd be shocked if all of their careers combined for Corey Davis's 2020 season. You know what I mean? No chance. Well, yeah, of course not. No <laughs> way. I mean, <laughs> Westbrook's got, what, two catches, I think? And, and one of those was from a punter or, right, or a backup yeah, quarterback and, on a fake punt, whatever. I mean, yeah, Batson can't have more than 20, probably, right? Like total, I would think, in a yeah. season. I mean, not in the season. I mean, like regular His season. Career, right? Yeah. Not, yeah, not counting preseason. 
And I mean, I don't, I don't even know who the other guys are, who you said they, I mean, they're not making the team. I don't think let's be honest, right. They're, they're probably not making the team. Are so. they not making the team? Then who the hell is playing wide receiver? <laughs> I mean, somebody's got to make the team. Ken Batson yeah. has exactly 20 career catches for 182 yards. <laughs> Batson's making the team. I think Batson's I mean, making the team. Nick Westbrook's making the team. Yes. That's it for, for me for now. Those are the only locks. Yeah. Is Cody Hollister still on the team? Hell if I know. <laughs> he might make the team at are this rate. Are we supposed to know these things? We are he, the podcasters. Well, we should. He's their number two receiver right yeah, now. Yeah, I think he signed a futures contract. I think you're right. So, I mean, <laughs> the the situation there is grim. There, there's no way around it. AJ, you know, on one hand, you're like, it's going to be an eight. You know, AJ Brown's going to put up 3,000 receiving yards this season. Right? But on the other hand, you know, all kidding aside, it's grim. And uh, I, I try to be someone who, who doesn't panic and, you know, tries to see the vision and, and, and waits for it to play out. But, I mean, who's left? I mean, there's some receivers left, but I don't think they're signing Kenny Galladay. Right. I think we should I don't run think they're signing the Juju Smith-Schuster. I could get behind one of those two moves. Kenny Galladay would have me worried based on the season that he just had. But you know what? I could get behind it. He's a terrific playmaker. Oh, I mean, at this point, for wide receiver two, you, you're taking him, no question. Oh, of course. He's a good player, right? If he's healthy, he's yeah. a really good player. Took the league by storm, right? As a day, a day three pick. So if you can get Kenny Galladay or Juju Smith-Schuster in here, my worries are gone. Agreed. At that position. But I'm not expecting that to happen. I mean, not... I, I'm you not know, either. Galladay's taking visits. And, you know, of course, Titans could still play a role here but he's visited i think cincinnati has an offer out on him i heard uh he visited with chicago he visited with the giants i, I think he's gonna end up a giant i do too in my mind galladay is off the market because he's got two suitors that are definitely pursuing him harder than the titans are if not three if not more than that so the other right. guys on the market three that we know of already yeah exactly and we haven't heard a lick from the titans being interested and you've been sniffing around a little bit and have heard nothing right so I'm going to say probably out on Galladay. The other options are Antonio Brown, no thanks. Deshaun Jackson, couldn't be older. Sammy Watkins, <laughs> D.D. Westbrook, Brashad Perriman, Josh Reynolds, T.Y. Hilton. Signed. Oh, Perriman signed, you're right. Yeah, he did. I think, was it the Lions? Some Yeah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, because I think his dad paid for the Lions or something. Yes, I think it was the Lions. Uh, Josh Reynolds, T.Y. Hilton, Muhammad Sanu, and Golden Tate. The only person on this list that I'm interested in is Josh Reynolds, and he's not a wide receiver too. I mean, he could be. We talked about him on the podcast recently as a good fit for the Titans, but he's a guy that you would have to project at wide receiver too. So, yeah, yeah, well, th- things can change, not to cut you off, but things can change, of course. But I've been told as of now that they, they haven't shown any interest whatsoever in uh, Josh Reynolds or D.D. Westbrook. Okay, so... Either they're planning to go into the draft and, and take a receiver at 22 or, or, I mean, what? <laughs> what is the other option right now? They don't have a, a wide receiver on the roster. The other option is trading. Allen Robinson signed his franchise tag on Thursday. It's an $18 million fully guaranteed contract for the 2021 season unless he renegotiates and signs a long-term deal with somebody. He has to sign that tag in order to be traded. So... Signing that tag could be a precursor for them looking to trade someone. You mentioned Al, uh, Kenny Galladay's meeting with Chicago. So if they're going to sign Kenny Galladay, they're not paying Galladay and Robinson. We know Robinson is not happy in Chicago. 
that's the only viable wide receiver option, in my opinion, is to trade for Allen Robinson. I mean, I don't think you can say that's the only viable option because they could pull off a trade for someone that nobody sees coming, right? And then that could, and, and you'd feel good about it, you know, depending on who that player is. So I get why you name Allen Robinson, but I can't say it's the only viable one because you know you never know what could happen. But for sure, this room is this room is grim, you know, and 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 they've got to do something. They've got to bring somebody in because. You know, we've seen a lot of rookie receivers produce. I, I had this argument with F words pod with Zach. And, you know, I know last year you had a lot of receivers and, but what are you going to count on getting two of those guys in the same draft? Cause mm-hmm. you don't need one. You need two right now. Right. Yeah. If you go into the season with Cam Batson as your, you know, receiver four, I, I think you can get behind that, but you know, you, you need two. So are you going to draft both of them? Are you going to say, you know, and, and a lot of those names you mentioned who are free agents, to be honest, they don't do anything for me. You're going to bring Golden Tate here now? I know. You know what I mean? Like they, you know, fans, I remember, wanted Golden Tate when he was last a free agent because he was he's from here, right? When he was on the trade market right? <laughs> two years and, ago. And, you know, Golden Tate and uh, D.D. Westbrook and uh, whoever else, Sammy Watkins, like, that. I, I, you know, if, if I read my phone right now and it says, the Titans signed Sammy Watkins. I, I don't know about you, but I don't get excited. I don't get excited about any of the names on that list. So I think I could probably get behind T.Y. Hilton. Ugh, but God. maybe, you know, and so, but yeah, I'm not washed up. <laughs> I'd feel better about Josh Reynolds, to be honest with you. And I would feel, I would have felt a lot better about David Moore, who went to Carolina today for Gone. peanuts, by the yep. way. Yep. A guy who was a receiver three. In Seattle. What did he get? Car- two years, six million or something? Yeah. And I think his cap hits like two point something this year and caught six touchdowns last year. I like David Moore. He's not, don't get me wrong, he's not Corey Davis, but I could have gotten behind David Moore. And I certainly could have could have gotten behind that contract for David Moore. Yeah, exactly. And they poked around there a little. And uh, you know that that might drive people crazy, me, me saying that, but they poked around there a smidgen. But, you know, for whatever reason, he ends up in, in, in Carolina. I would like to think that they're working on something else. But who knows? So let's move on to another signing that the Titans made on Thursday that had a lot of people panicked and basically opened the door to drafting this position, in my opinion, in the first round, also along with wide receiver, is they signed Kevin Johnson. Who's Kevin Johnson? He's a former first-round pick of the Houston Texans. He's bounced around a little bit since then. He's played for the Browns. He's played for the Bills. This will now be his third team in three years since the Texans released him after his rookie contract uh, because he was terrible. He's already 28 years old. He's been around the league now. This guy's a bad player. He's bad at football. He was obviously in Houston with Mike Vrabel and Anthony Midget and everybody else that came to Tennessee from Houston. But if this guy... Now, Paul Kaharski tweeted... Sense is that Titans like Johnson as the nickel. If this guy's your starting nickel cornerback, that is an exploitable matchup for the defense every single time. So I'm not really sure what the Titans' plans at cornerback are. If we look at what the projected room was, the projected starters, obviously injuries played a big part, but going into last year, Malcolm Butler, solid veteran, number two cornerback, 
Adoree Jackson, we were expecting to be a solid, if not spectacular, number one quarterback, cornerback. And Christian Fulton, a promising rookie who was going to come in and play the slot. Well, now you're looking at a room that includes Janoris Jenkins. Oh, I totally forgot to mention this. The Titans signed Janoris Jenkins, a.k.a. (laughs) Jackrabbit. Which is actually, I'm pretty excited about that signing. I think that one will, will be will pay off well. But what is he? 33 years old? Going to be 33 years old this season, or 32 years old this season? So he's getting up there, obviously in a in his age. It's him. It's Christian Fulton, who basically didn't play as a rookie, and now Kevin Johnson. Kevin Johnson? Are you kidding me? I have made fun of Kevin Johnson for years. All I've done <laughs> is make fun of Kevin Johnson. He's done I, this, nothing else. I deserve this as a Titans fan for them to sign Kevin Johnson. But, you know, it's terrible. He's bad, and I can't – I don't – you tell – what's the plan? Tell me the plan because I don't know the plan here. I'm – I'm – I'm, you know, (laughs) I'm really worried (laughs) about that corner room, and I'm I'm just as worried about it as I am the receiver room because whereas it it, on paper, it may appear like it has more depth, and I don't even feel right saying that, but it may appear that way because I think you would probably argue that making up – you know, Christian Fulton, Janoris Jenkins, and Kevin Johnson um, are probably more, you know, better than Cameron Batson, Marcus Johnson, and whoever, Chester Rogers, whoever the other guy is. But yeah, but you still got AJ Brown. Exactly. My point. You still have AJ <laughs> Brown. There. You don't have an AJ Brown at corner. And that room that they have right now, again, this is, you know, it's March 18th. We're recording this and things can change, but things that will room change. That they have Let's be clear. Right things now, will will certainly will change they will but how drastic that's right that i think that's fair to debate is how drastic is it going to change now that you've already made a lot of moves at that position right you've got rid of two guys and you've signed two guys already at that one position so yeah and, and let's let's hammer that point home they chose they decided now we'll have to wait and see what these contracts are for jenkins and for Johnson because they have not the numbers haven't come out yet on those two and that's going to tell us a lot about what they think of them obviously but as as we look at it right now you got to assume those guys are the starters so that means that they said we would rather save whatever it was 20 million approximately dollars against the cap by not having Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson so that we can pay these other scrubs who knows what three to five million probably each to come in and play better or what maybe they just decided that because the defense was so bad last year with 20 million dollars in those cornerbacks that they could just get by with lesser I, I i don't know i don't know they they but my point is they chose to do this they chose to cut two guys that we know can play for two guys one's old and one we know for a fact cannot play at an nfl starting caliber level so what I was going to say about right now, I, you know, I'm, I'm really concerned about that room because I think the way it's made up right now is you're, you're banking on a lot of things to go your way. You know, and I, I know you're high on the Janoris Jenkins signing and I, I get it. I'm not saying that I'm, I'm not high to, on it. I'm like cautiously, ex- cautiously hopeful. I right. Guess. I mean, there are a lot of good things here. Uh, the New Orleans, you know, t- I talked to a lot of people in New Orleans Saints. I know a lot of people over there. A lot of their, you know, uh, media members, writers—they all love Janoris Jenkins. That's usually a positive sign, right? You normally you normally get a pretty good indication on a guy based on how you know the the, the media and the fan base feels about him. And I talked to my friend Deuce Windham, who covers the Saints for the Athletic, 
a terrific person and a terrific analyst. And he gave me a quote that I tweeted back when they signed him a couple of days ago. Good player. But at the same time, you know, the father time catches up to everybody at some point. Exactly. And this is a guy who's turning 33 when the season kicks off. He'll be he'll turned 33 around week five or six, something of that nature. I looked into it. Father time catches up to everyone. If it catches up to Janoris Jenkins this year, not only are you banking on that not happening, you're banking on Christian Fulton taking that step forward, ready to play starter minutes and being a really good player. Again, I love Christian Fulton. I've been a huge advocate for him. If, you, if you're a listener to this podcast, a regular listener, you know that. But we haven't seen it yet, right? Let's speak in facts. You're banking on that with Jenkins. You're banking on that with Fulton. Then I don't even know what you're banking on when it comes to Kevin Johnson, right? A guy that has struggled mightily in his time in the NFL. What what is the good thing that you can say about that signing? That he knows Vrabel's system. I mean, he knows Bowen. He knows the system. And I think Mike had tweeted something a couple days ago. It's pretty clear that they want to play man coverage, right? Kevin Johnson is a long corner, a long physical corner that can play man coverage. Uh, Well, I say that loosely, right? But I mean, typically, long cover corners can play man coverage, typically, by definition. That's probably the best thing you can say, right, is they want to play man coverage. And theoretically, they got a guy that has the traits, the measurables, to play man coverage. And they did the same thing with Jenkins, right? That's a guy that's built to play man coverage. Lots of lots of PBUs over his last couple of years. I think top five in the league. Mm-hmm. But again, 33 years old, Kevin Johnson. He'll be 33 in October. I looked it up. Yeah. So that, like I said, about week, what, week six, seven, whatever. Kevin Johnson has never played well, really, in the NFL. Christian Fulton, you're banking on a year two player taking a huge step forward. And help being healthy, first of all, and, and, and giving you way more snaps, right, than he did as a rookie. I love Christian Fulton. I think he'll probably be the best of this bunch. But again, you haven't seen it, right? It's not tangible yet. So when you're looking at those three guys in the room right now, I'm really, really concerned. It's bleak. It's bleak. We'll talk about the additions up front. We're going to kind of close the podcast with that because we want to end on a good note. So we'll get to that. I promise everyone. Um, but yeah, I mean, you have to have to hope that those additions up front offset the losses in the back end because they are they are tremendous. But one player they avoided losing on the back end, sort of, is still a front seven player, is Jayon Brown. Jayon Brown returns on a one year, five million dollar deal, which is actually like a three year, five million dollar deal or some crazy. The Titans are finally getting into the creativity of void years here. So they're giving Jayon Brown a three-year contract worth $5 million, but it's really a one-year contract with like a $3.5 million or so cap hit. It looks like a home run, amazing deal for the Titans. It's one of the ones that gets me excited, not confused. So kudos to John Robinson for getting Jayon Brown back on such a team-friendly deal. Yeah, that's a terrific deal. Certainly uh, got to praise Robinson for this one because – 
I, I think you agreed. We all saw Jayon Brown walking. I think yeah. we did an episode a few weeks ago where we, we, we forecasted what a contract may look like, right? I think we were in what the $10 million a year range. We saw Matt Milano get four years, 44 million out of Buffalo. Again, we, like, when that happened, we all thought that was a comparable contract for Jayon. It was like, well, see ya, you know, the Titans yeah. aren't going to pay that, you know, they can't afford it. But um, that, that was a wonderful news. It was really surprising. It was a, it was a thrill to see that Jayon was coming back on a one year, $5.25 million deal. Again, you mentioned the voidable years, but then the cap hit is super low. I mean, this is a major win for John Robinson and the Titans to get this guy back. Who's a, a terrific playmaker, a great athlete, a guy who's so good in pass coverage, which you need nowadays from the linebacker position. It gives them some depth there. We had all kind of conceded defeat that, it, you know, it's, it's going to be Rashawn Evans and David Long starting and, and, and they're going to have to go get someone else, whether it's a cheap free agent signing or in the draft, they got to go get a third linebacker for depth purposes uh, to get Jay on back. It, it, it really solidifies the state of that room. And I think you'd be, you'd be silly. I mean, I know Rashawn Evans doesn't have a lot of fans in, in this market, but when you look at David Long still being there and Jayon Brown now coming back, I think it really solidifies uh, this inside linebacker room. And there's not much else you have to do there. You might have to bring a guy in for special teams, you know, a Will Compton type and uh, a Darren Bates type. But other than that, I think that room is well taken care of now. And they did it with great value. Yeah, so we'll see what kind of role David Long and Rashawn Evans have next year. My preference would be for David Long and Jayon Brown to be your starters for some crazy reason. I don't think that's what the Titans will do. <laughs> I don't think so either, but I'm with you. I would I would, I would love to see that. That have we ever seen that pair on the field together at the same time? I don't think so because they keep using so. Long as Jayon's backup for some right. reason, even though and, and Jayon's got hurt a couple times, and that's when Long has come in. Exactly. And I, I feel like those two. I I would love to see those two be your starters. And and yeah, I agree. And and to me, I mean, to me, and I may have said this on this podcast in the past, but David Long is much more Rashawn Evans like, in my opinion. He's very downhill and aggressive and run. I mean, he's better than Rashawn Evans in run defense, in my opinion. <laughs> he's very extinctual, right? Yeah, and uh, Jayon Brown's great in coverage and not quite as tough in run defense, and D David Long struggles dropping into coverage, and he's not great in man coverage. So uh, to me, those guys are not one-for-one -one replacements for each other at all, but the coaching staff seems to view them that way. So we'll see how the linebackers shake out. I wouldn't mind them running more three linebackers out there, maybe using David Long in the kind of role that Amani Hooker played last year when we expect Hooker will move to more of a full-time safety this year. So it'll be interesting to see how those guys are deployed in the defense, but let's switch over to the other side of the ball now. Talk about what was to me the most shocking cut of all, which was the decision to release Dennis Kelly, which when you look at all the details, I mean, nothing about this makes sense to me. Dennis Kelly carried like a five, what it, what was it? $5 million in savings, but a $2.5 million cap hit, something like that, which means that, okay, it was a $5.16 million cap space but a 3.1 million dollar in dead money so you're you're only saving two million dollars against the cap there to me two million dollars against the cap for your starting right tackle who played pretty well last year i mean he didn't he wasn't awesome but played he was, really well i mean he played way better than played anyone well. expected him to play for someone who wasn't even supposed to be the starter coming in off of his extension only a $2 million savings here to get rid of him. And now you don't have a starting right tackle. <laughs> this well, move I think they, I think I, shocked I, me. I think they do have a starting right tackle. You just don't like it, right? I think it's probably Kendall Lamb. Yeah. 
who they signed in free agency. But yeah, this is, I don't understand this. I mean, again, you're, you're, I've said this in previous episodes, but you're the contract guy. You're the cap guy. Um, if, 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 if cutting Dennis Kelly saves $2 million, I mean, he was, he was a good starter. I, I feel like, you know, you say, and this is not a shot at you, of course, but you say, yeah, he was, you know, he was pretty good last year. I, I don't think you realize how good Dennis Kelly was last year until you have a bad right tackle. You know, yeah, Dennis Kelly was good fair. last year. He was quite good. He wasn't Pro Bowl good. He wasn't all pro good, maybe, but he was good. I mean, looking yeah. around the league, you know, teams were struggling at yes. tackle last year. A lot of bad offensive line play in the NFL last year. Yeah. Dennis Kelly wasn't a problem. Yeah. So to save $2 million to cut Dennis Kelly, I mean, what's the cap hit? Do we got the cap hit on the new guy, Kendall yeah, Lamb? Yeah, so, so they did sign a replacement. Kendall Lamb comes in with a two-year, $6.8 million contract, $3 million of that guaranteed. We're looking at a 2021 cap hit of 2.6. So essentially, they took Dennis Kelly's money that they saved there and gave it to Kendall Lamb, who's going to be the starter. I mean, it's it's a... 2.5 or so million dollar less cap hit. But when you add in the $2 million of dead cap that it costs you to cut Dennis Kelly, or sorry, $3 million dead cap that it costs you to cut Dennis Kelly, it's not much of a difference. The net, I mean, it's a pretty explain that to Explain that one to me like I'm five. Right, I can't. I, I wish You're I could. You're replacing Dennis Kelly with a guy who's who's never started in this league. I mean, he started. He has never been. He, he has started never a entered couple of a games. Season. He has 26 starts. That's a pretty big number. Okay, 26. More than I thought, I'll admit there. But but he didn't enter. I'm not, I mean, I may be talking out of my ass here, but I'm pretty sure he hasn't entered a season as the starter. Now, granted, Dennis Kelly hasn't either. Dennis Kelly was set to do that, finally, for the first time in his whole career in 2021. I mean, he was the I mean, starter. Dennis Kelly entered 2020 as the starter. Well, he entered t- 2020 as the like bridge to we're going to put a rookie in here as soon as he's ready, and then that just didn't happen because Isaiah Wilson was disgusting. And right, Dennis but Kelly I was mean, good. I, I I don't think you know. I, when, I think when Isaiah Wilson got drafted in the first round, it was like, ooh, is Dennis Kelly the starter? Fair, but before before Wilson ever screwed up. I think you could comfortably go into the 2020 season saying Dennis Kelly is the starter. Yeah, he was expected to start. But there was a lot of debate about how soon Isaiah Wilson would take over that job. I, I'm just... I, I have a really hard time understanding this one. As, yeah, as It's kind of been a theme throughout this episode. But. And, and Dennis Kelly was on Bussin' with the Boys recently, and that episode only made me love him more as a human person and as a football player for the Titans... I'm bummed for him. I mean, I'm bummed for Taylor Lewan and the offensive line group that was buddies with him. Like, it. I mean, I hope Kendall Lamb comes in and plays well. If you watched the Broadway Happy Hour on Wednesday night, which if you didn't, you should go find it. It's on our YouTube page on on Broadway's YouTube channel that Zach hosted. He had Ryan on, Ryan on Broadway, Ryan Watson of Broadway on there, who's already dove into a little bit of Kendall Lamb film, who said that he was better than he expected, pretty good, quicker feet than he thought he would have. Better in pass pro than in run blocking, which is kind of interesting considering what the Titans' offensive identity is. But, yeah, I mean, apparently he's not terrible. But, again, like, you had a guy that you were comfortable with out there. I think you may have nailed this on the last episode on accident, just that John Robinson's opinion of Dennis Kelly was much lower than everyone else's. And for whatever reason, last year didn't change his opinion. That's where I get confused, right? Why didn't last year change his opinion? 
right. what did Dennis Kelly do wrong? And I mean, and this could be, a, you know, again, a GM's job is to forecast into the future in a sense, right? I, I get that. I mean, he, he's not going to be, you know, he, he's got to think of what Dennis Kelly is going to give him in 2021. And I understand that. But what did he see in 2020 that made him think Dennis Kelly is going to give me a lot worse in 2021 or, or I wasn't satisfied with 2020? Right. This I, I, I really don't get this. And we, we've talked about it on Kevin Johnson, but Lamb was another guy that was with Vrabel in Houston. Yep. Yeah. So yeah, I, Kendall I, Lamb, I Kevin know. Johnson, two guys coming in to replace pretty good starters. If you if you just I mean, and they're expected kind of, to start, it appears. Yeah. And I'm I'm saying that Kevin Johnson replaces Malcolm Butler. I'm not 100 percent sure that that's a one for one replacement, but essentially in the secondary as a starter, so you're bringing in two guys that are maybe not as good as the guys you had because Vrabel coached them in Houston. That's not a good enough reason. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think that's – I would like to think at least that that's not their lone reason. But it's it seems there. they wanted to get cheaper at both positions. Yep. And they're bringing in guys they think can give them similar production for less money. But you got to go spend that money elsewhere, right? And with the way the corner, I mean, I know Kevin Johnson's part of the corner room, but the way the corner room is looking and the way the receiver room is looking, it's, it's concerning right now. Yeah, it's very concerning. So we talked a lot this off this past few months about how the Titans would would be returning at least nine of eleven starters on offense, and that's if they don't re-sign Corey Davis or Jonu Smith. Now we're looking at eight because they didn't re-sign either guy, and they cut Dennis Kelly, so you lose a little bit of continuity on offense again. I'm just a little confused about the overall plan there because it's. I think when you look at the construction of the Titans roster, there's lots of rosters in the NFL and there's lots of different types of rosters. And there's one type of roster that people refer to as stars and scrubs. It's when you pay a lot of people on your team, very little amount, and a few guys, most of your money. And the Titans for a long time haven't had any stars. So they've been a pretty well-rounded roster with guys who are pretty solid but not spectacular and paid to reflect that. And now the Titans have Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry, who regardless of what the national perception of those guys is, and I think for Henry it's universally praised, and Ryan Tannehill there's maybe still some skepticism out there, but the point is they're both being paid now like stars. The Titans signed Bud Dupree and are paying him like a star. They expect A.J. Brown to get paid like a star, and I bet they expect Jeffrey Simmons, even though we haven't quite seen it yet, I would predict that they're expecting Jeffrey Simmons to get paid like a star. So I think what we're seeing right now is a transition in this Titans roster from a well-rounded group of solid players to not necessarily a Stars and Scrubs roster, but a roster that has a lot more stars that are going to need to keep, that are gonna need to be paid and in order to do that, you have to cut back at other positions that you think are of lesser overall value. So I think what we're what we're learning here is that John Robinson doesn't think right tackle is a super valuable position. He doesn't think wide receiver two is a super valuable position. And I think he may feel that pass rush trumps coverage by a lot, by a lot, a lot, right? Because let's get into the next few signings here unless you have a comment on that. I mean, I don't even know what to say. I mean, how do you not value right tackle? 
Not that he doesn't I mean, value it, but it's like it's not left tackle. And you already got a lot of money into your offensive line with Roger Saffold and Ben Jones and Taylor Lewan. So maybe we go cheaper. But you didn't on the really right save side. anything by cutting Dennis Kelly. Either. That's the crazy thing to me. It doesn't it doesn't compute in my brain. Dennis Kelly's thirty one. Kendall Lamb's only twenty eight. Is offensive tackle? They also re-signed, by the way, on Thursday, Ty Sambrello. Ty Sambrello, yes. So you're looking at Kendall Lamb being your starting right tackle. You're looking at Ty Sambrello and David Christenberry being your swing tackles again, which tells me the tackle position is pretty secure. If they hadn't signed Ty Sambrello, I might think offensive tackle was a huge draft target. And in, honestly, it yeah, still but, might be. We talked about this, was it right. last week, Isaiah Wilson? Like, now, now you don't even have Dennis Kelly. Yeah, <laughs> so I mean, like, my my jaw wouldn't drop if they draft a tackle in April, but I don't think they will. I think you're right. I think think they feel good there. Actually, I don't know that they that should feel good. John Robinson definitely should. values right tackle because he spent a first round freaking first round pick on a right tackle twice in twice. four years. Yeah. So yeah, he definitely values right tackle. So I don't know what they're doing. They're probably going to draft a right tackle. <laughs> I don't think they will, but. Again, it wouldn't drop my jaw if they did, but I think they I think they feel good about Kendall Lamb. And I think they feel good about their swing tackles being being Sombrello and, and I mean they brought Sombrello back. They didn't have to do that, right? Yeah. And Kissenberry's still uh, still on the roster. So I, I think again, wouldn't totally shock me if they go draft the tackle, but I think they feel good there right now. They yeah, maybe they do. I don't know. I mean, I don't as a fan of the team. As I, you know what? Team. I, I don't. And I argued about this with, I think uh, a bunch of you guys on, on Broadway the other day. And honestly, uh, I do feel fine about it. Who am I kidding? I'm what? fine with it. You don't need a stud right tackle. I said this when Jack Conklin left. I mean, the number of times well, you need one that doesn't hamstrung your offense. Here's the thing. I went you- to look at the film last year of Jack Conklin when he walked right before he walked. Cause I was going to try to make an argument that the Titans need Jack Conklin because he's valuable. So I went into the, my tape watching with that preconception and I couldn't find film to support it. And my opinion changed the Titans, at least when Jack Conklin was still here, ran a lot of quick passes that didn't even really, the, there were so many times where a chip block and a quick pass led to Jack Conklin, like getting into his kick slide and never touching anyone. Because he didn't have to, because the ball was out between the 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 chip block at the line of scrimmage and the quarterback quick throw, there was no one for Conklin to ever block. And I feel like with chips and quick passes and play action, you can get around having a subpar right tackle. Now, if Taylor Lewan gets hurt again, or if Roger Saffold or Ben Jones or Nate Davis gets hurt again, and then you're dealing with two scrubs on your on your offensive line, that's when you really get into trouble, in my opinion. I mean. You feel good about right tackle. How I don't feel you- good about right tackle, but I feel like the offense will be – the offense isn't going to see a huge drop-off because it's Kendall Lamb instead of Dennis Kelly, in my opinion. With Taylor Lewan back, I mean, you're with Tannehill and right, A.J. Brown. I'm worried. I'm at least wor- – yeah. I at least want yeah, to see – be worried. Definitely I at least want to see Kendall Lamb perform at an acceptable level before I just say, ah, it's going to be fine. Yeah. Kendall Lamb famously caught a touchdown against the Titans when the Browns came to town last year and kicked the Titans' ass. Maybe that kicked was part of it. Kicked the Titans' ass in that game. <laughs> Smoked them. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, Rashard Higgins off the board. Signed somewhere else. Would have been a great little wide receiver 2-3. Too bad, too bad, too bad. All right, let's talk about, in my opinion, the Titans' best move of free agency so far. Even better than getting Jayon Brown on a one-year $3 million cap hit or whatever it is. The Titans signed Danico Autry, former Indianapolis Colt, former Oakland, Oakland, in Oakland, Raider, 
and he's now going to be a Tennessee Titan. This guy's got juice from the pass rushing perspective on the interior of the D-line and on the edge. He's kind of like a Jack Crawford-esque type of player, only way better in terms of where he plays on the defensive line. He can bump inside or outside if the Titans need outside linebacker help, if they only have three outside linebackers active again or something like that. He's not necessarily a Daquan Jones replacement because I think Daquan Jones is a lot better nose tackle, but seven and a half sacks last year, sacked plenty of Marcus Mariota's. Uh, he injured Mariota one year, I think, the year he had to leave the indie game. Um, and yeah, it's only a three-year, $21.5 million contract, only $3.5 million cap hit in 2021, which is awesome. They can get out of the deal after two years with only $2 million in dead cap. And uh, for a player who's getting up there a little bit in age, that's a good out. So uh, this signing to me, tremendous value considering the flurry of edge rushers that were going off the board on Monday and uh, for what he can bring to the team. I think that this adds a tremendous amount of pass rush the Titans haven't had from this position in a long time. Yeah, I think this is a pretty pretty good player, and I thought it was a great move and a, a good friendly contract for them. Um, more than, you know, the, the skill that he brings to the team, which is obviously a lot, but more so than that, I think it's a good, tough, hard-nosed player. Look, Titans didn't like their defense last year. They've clearly sent a message this year. Right? They're getting rid of everybody. Desmond King is gone. Kenny Vaccaro is gone. Malcolm Butler is gone. Atori Jackson is gone. Uh, I can't. Daquan Jones is probably gone in a couple Clowny. days. Jack Crawford. Who else? Clowney. Who did I miss? Clowney. I forgot about Clowney. Vic Beasley's gone. Breaking <laughs> news if you haven't. Uh, hurt, but no. yeah, so they're getting rid of everybody on defense, right? They've clearly sent a message. They don't like the defense. They didn't like the defense. They didn't like the players. Sean Evans is still there. Sean Evans, Jayon Brown is back too, right? And I think everyone's happy about that one. Monty Hooker is going to play a bigger role. David Long is going to play a bigger role. Kevin Johnson is here with a capital J, but I think that again, they're sending a message. They didn't like the defense. They're switching that up completely. It almost feels like. Dina Coatri is a guy that can come in, I think, and, and give you some attitude, right? And, and, and give you mindset. And one thing he said today, I mean, geez, just kind of show you the mindset that this guy has. He said that next year's game against the Colts are personal because they know what they had in him and they let him walk. This is, this is a guy who's about his business. You know, he's a serious, serious guy. So I think he can come in and, and really, you know, he went to Mississippi State. I know Jeffrey Simmons is really excited about having him and playing next to him. So similar to Janoris Jenkins, where I think he's got a bit of an attitude, right? He comes in. I remember reading something on social media. I think it was a quote from The Athletic from a, from a Saints coach from about a year ago that Jenkins elevates the attitude in practice. He gets everyone fired up and going, and he and he's a hard nosed guy, and he's a tough football player. And yeah, you know, we've talked about being worried about his age and, and whatnot, and I still have my concerns. But you talk about guys who are, I, I think they're not only looking for good football players, but they've looked for hard nosed, tough football players. And, and Dina Coatri strikes me as as a very hard nosed, tough football player. Agreed. Agreed. I, I'm st- stoked for this one. You you m- nailed it there talking about how the Colts games will be more meaningful for him or whatever. I think that that's a huge part of this is is signing a guy away from the Colts who apparently had an offer to him as well that w- just wasn't as good as the Titans offer. So that's great. I think that that was a huge signing. And I think that when you look at the pass rush package you can come up with now with four guys, starting with Harold Landry on the outside, Jeffrey Simmons and... Danico Autry on the inside, and then Bud Dupree, the newest free agent signing that we haven't talked about, the only free agent signing we haven't talked about yet. That's a group that can get pressure on a quarterback with four with four guys. I think that is a huge, 
huge factor in the defense that would hopefully allow lesser secondary players like the scrub ass bitch Kevin Johnson. Excuse Jesus me. Christ. I do not like Kevin Johnson as a player. I'm sure he's a fine human being. I don't know if he is actually, though. I shouldn't say that, right? What if he's not? Who knows? Anyway, uh, sorry. Oh, man. But I feel like those four guys can get pressure on the quarterback. How, how many makers and cokes have you had during the reporting of this episode? I have had one very strong drink. One uh, too many, apparently. <laughs> sorry. I'm not a big fan of Kevin Johnson. Worst signing in Titans history. Is that extreme? Probably. Definitely. Uh, but I still. really disliked Michael Orr, so I don't know. <laughs> Worst signing of March 18th, 2020. <laughs> One. What year is it? God. 2020. Uh, <laughs> You're right. <laughs> okay. What are they talking about? Bud Dupree. Let's move on. Right? Right? We're ready for Bud Dupree. I think we're ready for Bud. What about, what about the long snapper? Oh, shoot. I totally forgot to mention Morgan Cox. What a name. Great name. Great hype video. Thank you, Nate Bain, for putting out an awesome video of Morgan Cox and a snapping the ball snap. in warm-ups on the Titans' social media page today <laughs> and then signing his name in front of the camera. Love it. I love this signing. It's it's totally, like, meaningless, probably, but... I mean, do you have the cap hit? The cap hit is $987,000. I mean, I think you can live with that, right? He's known as one of the best long snappers in the league. I mean, I don't know how much less it can get. $900,000. So exactly. Really good. You know, he's been around a long time. He's not going to screw up. Going to help the punter, going to help the kicker. So uh, I've got nothing against it at, at that price. Right. I think, and, and I, I think you can live with that. I should add, by the way, most of uh, most of our veteran, most of the veteran minimum, I think the veteran minimum might be 660,000. Uh, a lot of the guys at the very back end of the Titans roster have a $660,000 cap hit for this season. So adding Morgan Cox to that, to that, salary cap equation, you only add $327,000 because 660000 gets dropped off for not being in the top 51 most expensive cap hits because you only count the top 51 against the cap. So really, you only added $300,000 to the cap, which is, I mean, nothing. Even in a year like this, that's nothing. No, it's, it's nothing. I don't worry about it. Him, again, being the player that it's supposed to be, you know, again, uh, one of the top long snappers in the league. I, I don't worry about that. And people may say, well, what separates? I saw a tweet, actually. What separates the 10th best long snapper from the 30th best Someone long asked snapper, me that. Or the 10th best from that the first. That was a tweet at me. And I think I was pr- I, honor- I answered the guy completely honestly. I said, I don't have the slightest goddamn clue. I think Mike or Jonathan Boren or somebody said Mike. in our chat that the difference isn't necessarily the snap. It's the coverage. Yes, of the and punt. that makes sense. It does make sense. Mike is so he's so tall, but he's also smart. He also wrote a great article for Broadway Sports Media asking if Morgan Cox solves our kicking issues because uh, actually the headline is. is well, we don't Bo know who Brink- the kicker is yet. Well, that's so. the thing. But the headline was: Is Bo Brinkley to blame for the Titans' kicking woes in 2019 and 2020? Because we've seen Cairo Santos, who is it? Cairo Santos? Is that am I saying that right? Yeah. Yeah, he was terrible here. And then he goes to Chicago and becomes an all-pro and just got signed to the most expensive kicker deal ever, right? Right? Am I making this up? No, he got, he got a big deal. And Suckup got a big deal to go <laughs> back Suckup to Tampa, Suckup just got too. a freaking extension. What's the deal? So Mike's theory I, I is know, the long though. snapper I, I, was screwing up the kickers. Maybe I don't it's think, true. No, I I mean, I don't know for sure, obviously, but I don't, I don't think I would agree that it was Bo Brinkley. I mean, it could be, but I just think kickers, you know, kicking is so mental. It's so, more mental than physical. I, I think guys just went through a bad streak here. 
Yeah, I agree. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this because it's a long snapper. I mean, come on. Um, yeah, they're people too. They are. They are. And let's get to a really big person because Bud Dupree is a guy that you and I sat here and said, man, I hope the Titans don't sign Bud Dupree. <laughs> <laughs> we did, we did. did we go on record saying that? We were way, way more anti-Matt Judon, and I still remain that. I still feel that. So Me too. I, look, I've uh, obviously, we've all dug a lot more into Bud Dupree since he was officially announced on Monday, signed on Wednesday, or maybe not quite signed. You know, he touched down in Nashville on Thursday. So he's in Nashville, probably get that contract signed soon, probably have a press conference on Friday, if I'm just guessing. Um, but yeah... I think that we may have overreacted to, or we may have, uh, we may have been too hard on Bud before he was a Titan. And I'm not just trying to spin this to an optimistic, positive view because he is a Titan now. But I think that there was a lot made about playing alongside T.J. Watt and and Stephon Tuitt and Cameron Hayward and the ACL tear, which I still think is a big concern. His age with the ACL tear in that defense, they're all concerns, right? It's a risk, but it's a risk the Titans had to make. And when you look at his year one cap hit, which just hit the hit the Twitter waves on Thursday evening, only $5.1 million cap hit for 2021 for a guy who may not be the, the elite pass rusher he was because of his ACL tear in 2021. It may take him till 2022. Hopefully not. The Titans are obviously banking that it won't. But the numbers looking at when, when Bud Dupree was on the field and after he got hurt, I mean, we all know, we all watched the Steelers lose their last five regular season games, right? I mean, they completely tanked without Bud Dupree. And I'm not saying it was all Bud Dupree, but I do think that my opinion on him has changed a lot since he signed. And a big catalyst for that change, not the primary one, but a big one, was reading your article for Broadway Sports Media published on Thursday where you got a great interview with the legendary pass rush specialist who coaches and trains a lot of the NFL's top sack artists. He, he's known as Dr. Rush, talking, of course, about Chuck Smith, who gave you a great interview about edge rusher Bud Dupree, who he's been training since, what, 2017? So 2016, I think. 2016. I'm going to turn it over to you and let you talk a little bit about your conversation with Chuck. Yeah, if you guys have a chance to to, to check that out, if you haven't yet, um, I, I was I was blessed enough to have a, a great conversation with with uh, with Coach Smith, and it, it's funny, you know, uh, Coach Smith and I we, we first connected about a year and a half ago, I want to say, and and had a long convo, and, and 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 no story came of that, but I remember saying to him, I said, if you don't mind, you know, I, I think I'm going to hit you up at some point, and and we're going to do something together. I don't know what it is yet. You know, I'm still kind of figuring out the angle, but I know that I, I want to pick your brain and I, and I want to document it. And, um, you know, we exchanged phone numbers and we, we spent some time together. And then, you know, this happens and I reach out to him and I think he had tweeted something, I think, um, after Dupree signed. So I, I, I texted him and I said, hey, you know, coach, you, do you train Dupree? And he said, yeah, I've been with him for a while. So I said, perfect. I've got my angle now. You know, it's been a year in the making, but I know what I want to do. So we hopped on the phone and, and we spent a, a lot of time on the phone together and, you know, didn't document the whole conversation. You know, I got some other thoughts I'll probably share at some point. Talked about all the rushers that he's training in the draft right now. And he gave me some great uh, comparisons and, 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 and pointers on those guys that he's with. And he actually, you know, I respect him so much. And I, I'm going to revisit some of the tape, right, on some of the guys that he told me about, guys that maybe he's higher on than I was at the time. So 
but but anyhow, um, got to talking Bud Dupree and and really had a great conversation about him, um, and 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 really just what what I love about that you know that article he's he's been with Dupree since 2016, right? So he was with him when when Dupree was considered a bust and was considered all these negative things by the city of Pittsburgh and the media and the fans. And, and, and he just kept working with them, right? They, they, they stayed in the lab. They stayed working on his pass rush. And, and, and Coach Smith was able to break down how, you know, what Dupree is like as a person, how he handled all that pressure and, and negativity, and what they did to change the way he approaches the game. Right. What they added to it. We, you know, we, we got really technical, which I love doing because at the end of the day, I, you know, I do this because I love football and I love talking football. And for me personally, I enjoy pass rushing more than I enjoy anything else. That's just my honest opinion. Nothing excites me more than rushing the passer. I don't enjoy scouting anything more than I do rushing the passer because I enjoy the arsenal of moves. I enjoy everything that goes into it. So, you know, to have coach Smith walk me through what they changed, you know, the, the little tweaks, you know, having him tighten up his stance, making sure he wasn't rushing as wide as he used to, you know, adding more power to his arsenal, all things that we covered in the article of, of, of what helped Dupree take off and become one of the better, you know, sack artists we've seen in the league in 2019 and 2020. I mean, one worthy of, of John Robinson giving an $85 million contract to. It, it's really, you know, it was, it was exciting for me to write. Right. It's one of those articles where, you know, don't get me wrong. I, I love what I do. I always love what I do. But it was one of those conversations and articles when I was writing it and, and, and just doing it and speaking with Coach Smith, where, I, where you're just reminded about how much you love what you do and how lucky you are to do what you do. So uh, if you haven't had a chance yet as a Titans fan, you should, you know, I've been I've been getting comments and feedback on it from Pittsburgh fans who, who loved reading it. And, and, and people in the Pittsburgh media who have been sharing it. So um, it's something that I really enjoyed writing. And I, if you're a Titans fan, especially, it's a no-brainer. You need to head over there because, again, this is your new $85 million man, right? This is That's a guy right. that John Robinson is trusting. I know the cap, it's only $5 million, you know, as F-Words Pod will put it. And it's a great, it's another great job by John Robinson, you know, get that cap hit as low as it is and, and keep some financial flexibility. But make no mistake, Right, John Robinson is 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 betting on this guy, right, to fix the pass rush and and uh, or to be one the main guy that helps fix the pass rush and and he's going to be the guy here, as I put it in the article. But it's a, it's a great thing to read uh, to see why maybe the Titans feel that way because as as Coach Smith puts it, um, this really really interesting career, unique path, and a guy that's very driven. Um, to, you know, that, to reach this moment in his career. And also, um, you know, not, I know I've kind of been rambling here a little bit, but uh, Dupree made his first appearance, right? Nashville media uh, was on uh, what the J-Mart uh, and, and Ramon Foster show, I believe it is. And that was terrific. So make sure you check that out as well, because the, the guy that showed up in that interview where he talked about how he's not here to get paid and chill, you know, that's not the type of person he is. It, it really kind of lines up with everything that, you know, Coach Smith told me uh, in my article. So I think this is a guy that, you know, Titans fans are, are really going to like. Yeah, definitely check out that article, broadwaysportsmedia.com. It's free. Check it out anytime you want. Let's talk about this contract. Five years, $82.5 million, only $35 million guaranteed, which is pretty low percentage of the overall only. value there. I mean, only. But I mean, that's a low number considering. I mean, you would take $35 million guaranteed, wouldn't you? No, I would ask for more. I love that. You know your worth, JG. <laughs> you know your worth. Um, 
Oh, look at that. Shaq Barrett's is only $36 million guaranteed. Well, 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 well. Competitive. Competitive contract, $35 million. Yeah, of course we would all take $35 million guaranteed. <laughs> That's guaranteed, baby. Um, but what's interesting, yeah, only $5.1 million cap hit in year one. It's a pretty sizable hit in year two, $19 million. But, of course, the cap is expected to rise significantly next season. And then if the Titans decide, hey, this guy is turning 30 and he's not good anymore, they can get out of that deal after 2022 with only $10.8 million in dead cap or they could hold him for another season after 2023 and get out with only $6 million in dead cap. So it's really like a two-year, three-year-ish contract when you look at what's actually guaranteed and what how the cap is affected there, which I think makes sense for a 28-year-old guy coming off a torn ACL. You know, you don't want to commit to him for a super long term, but I think that this deal is perfectly reasonable for Bud Dupree. I think that all of our concerns about Bud Dupree um, – are maybe not necessarily warranted, and I think that it'll be interesting to see if he can continue to produce in a in a defense where he is the clear best pass rusher and not playing alongside somebody like a T.J. Watt. But, you know, a lot of T.J. Watt's sacks come from Bud Dupree forcing the quarterback over to that side of the field. And conversely, a lot of Bud Dupree's sacks come from T.J. Watt forcing the quarterback towards Bud Dupree. But it goes both ways, and what the Titans were missing last year was a second guy that could do that. They could push the quarterback towards Harold Landry and Harold Landry having other pass rushers that he could push the quarterback towards, right? So this helps both pass rushers. It helps the interior guy. It helps everyone, kind of like what you were saying about Janoris Jenkins. I think that's sort of a theme we're seeing here, at least with these two guys. With the, yeah. Um, with, <laughs> with, these the two, <laughs> with the front seven. With the front seven guys is that they're going to they're going to make each other better. And this is something that Chuck Smith said in your article, said to you that Harold Landry is the one that's going to improve here, and not just because he's playing across from a good pass rusher, but because he's practicing with somebody who, as Coach Smith put it, knows these moves well enough to teach them, knows these techniques well enough to help Harold Landry get better. So I think this is just an all-around great signing for the Titans. One of the most underrated aspects of his game is the violence he plays run defense with, and I retweeted a clip of somebody posted. I wish I could remember who, but go check my timeline. You have to scroll for a while because it's been a pretty active week, but... (laughs) Um, Bud Dupree just like Kevin Johnson hate on there right now. Yeah, you have to scroll past the Kevin Johnson hate uh, and scroll past the Jayon Brown hype video and scroll past the Bud Dupree hype video too. Actually, it's a little below that. Great Uh, work on those, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. Um, No, but it's Bud Dupree. It's a full montage of Bud Dupree just blowing up like pulling guards and pulling blockers, like throwing his shoulder into guys and knocking them back and just creating disruption in the backfield on running plays, which obviously it's a passing league and we're all excited about a guy who can get after the quarterback. But I think it's underrated how much Bud Dupree does in run defense and where you really saw the Steelers defense struggle after he got hurt. And after Vince Williams got hurt and all their, they lost like eight linebackers or whatever, but their run defense really started to struggle towards the end of the year. And I think it's ultimately what cost them a chance at, at any kind of comeback in that playoff disaster against Cleveland. Um, so, yeah, I think that Bud Dupree, like, you can have your concerns about him. And yes, it's a risk, but there's no denying the fact that Bud Dupree, Danico Autry make this front four at least. And with Jayon Brown back, I will go as far as to say front seven. Yeah, front seven. Way I would say front seven. better. Yeah, front seven. Way better than it was this time last year. Especially this time last year because Clowney was still six months away from signing. <laughs> they didn't have to, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but, I mean, I expect this to be a better front seven this coming season than it was last year. You know, seeing what, what happened to Clowney and, and, and Beasley not 
wanting to play football, presumably, or whatever happened there. But yeah, yeah I, I, especially, you know, when you're looking in sub packages and whatnot, you know, down, down four linemen, like you said, uh, Harold Landry, Dina Kowatri, Jeff Simmons, and Bud Dupree. I think that's, those are four players you can get really excited about because, well, you know, and again, this was mentioned in the Chuck Smith article, but the versatility, right? Not only can those guys get after the quarterback, but they're tough. For, all four of them are good run defender. Harold Landry's a good run defender. Mm-hmm. Jeff Simmons is obviously a good run defender and Autry and Bud Dupree are very good run defenders. So, and they all get after the quarterback, right? Or they all have uh, the ability to get after the quarterback. So the, the, you know, a lot of negativity on this pod tonight, a lot of concern and, and, and kind of rightfully so especially again with receivers in the corners and tight end and tackle, but uh, certainly excited about those two moves, Autry and Dupree, and can't wait to see them in two-tone blue in, in 2021. Yeah, and one other thing I want to touch on from your article, I don't want to spoil everything because I, I think everyone needs to go read it, but there's one thing that stands out to me that you tweeted this this quote. He did, Coach Smith didn't exactly <laughs> name any names here, but he heavily I know implies, where this is going. <laughs> but basically the gist of it is the pass rushers the Titans signed this year are very, very different from an attitude and work ethic standpoint and maybe even a toughness standpoint and definitely a love of football standpoint than the two guys that were signed last year. Well, obviously well I think being, what he said specifically is that he's got a lot more skill. And that's, I mean, that's blatantly outright, but I think the yeah. attitude is the biggest difference to me. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, he's, well, I'm just using his words, right? Making yeah. sure we're not misquoting. He said yeah, yeah. they have a lot more skill than the guys they've brought in the past. And those guys were high traffics and potential label, but they didn't have any signature moves and they were nothing but potential. So, yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if I should be saying, I don't think it's a big deal, but you know, he, he, it was so blatant where when I was editing it, I actually sent him it. So I mean, it was one of those things where it was such a, you're cool a, with a, me publishing this. Yeah, that's exactly like what I did. Right. I was like, <laughs> this is, you know, I, I didn't go, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't insinuate that it was about anybody. I just said, Hey, I want to make sure that you're good with, <laughs> with this. <laughs> and he just said, Hey, I appreciate you kind of thing. So I mean, hey, look, I respect yeah. the hell out of someone who's willing to put their opinion and, and stand by it. With their name on it, not with anonymous their name quote. On it. Exactly, yeah. not anonymous. And and again, if, if you're familiar with the guy, I mean, look him up. If you're not, the guy knows pass rushing as good as anybody. So yeah. if he feels that those guys didn't have any signature moves and they didn't have any skill, that's because remember, the way he defines skill as a pass rusher, it's probably very different than we define skill as a pass rusher. True. He knows it, right? It's science to him. So, I mean, uh, I'm not I'm, I'm not going to go against it. Right. Yeah. And and um, one last thing I want to say and echo here is Chuck Smith's praise. And this is something I'm going to echo something that Zach and, and Mike touched on on the F word spot on Tuesday is that Ramon Foster was a teammate of Bud Dupree's right, yep. in the locker room with him. And he has been all aboard the Bud Dupree Express for weeks now. I mean, he's been the only guy I know in Nashville saying the Titans really need to go get Bud Dupree. So I think that, you know what, we need to actually take his opinion into stronger consideration than most random media analysts because he actually knows the guy, played with him, was in the locker room with him. If anyone, I mean, if, if you've been there and come out in such strong support of a guy... Like that is a pretty telling sign, encouraging sign to me. And you can tell when when he got signed, all of his former teammates are tweeting about how happy they are for him and excited they are for him. And even Steelers fans were like, man, it sucks to lose you, but good. We're so happy for you. Like that's the kind of guy the Titans are getting here. Right. I think that kind of guy you want. 
Exactly. It's it's such a stark contrast to the guys John Robinson brought in this time last year, which I think Robinson must have learned something. We all we're all humans, right? We all learn every day of life. We learn something, and uh, learning from your mistakes is the best way to not repeat them, right? So, I think that that's a solid like that's a solid strategy for bringing in free agents that you don't, especially after last year, you brought in two high risk guys that busted. Bud Dupree is a high-risk guy himself because of the injury history, but I think that it's worth the risk in this scenario. I agree, and I'm excited about it. Uh, that's 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 one of, of two moves, again, with Autry that I'm really excited about. I think we're in the same boat. Of course, Jay on resigning, but I'm talking about new players. Uh, mm-hmm. I think I'm on the, I'm in the same boat as you are as Jenkins. I'm cautiously optimistic. Again, I'm, I'm excited about how much the New Orleans media loves him, but I'm cautiously optimistic because of the age. But Autry and Dupree, that, th- those are two moves that I'm really, really behind. So let's kind of recap here. Let's round this podcast out by recapping what has happened in the past week and a half or so. Here are the Titans free agents that they have reportedly signed or will sign in the next few days. Danico Autry, Kendall Lamb, Bud Dupree, Jeff Swaim, Janoris Jenkins, Morgan Cox, Jayon Brown, Anthony Ferkser, Kevin Johnson, and Ty Sembrello. That's a pretty long list of guys considering it's only going to be Friday tomorrow. And yet we still don't feel that good. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the guys who are no longer on the team. So... Free agents who have already signed, Corey Davis, Jonu Smith, Desmond King. Free agents that have yet to sign, a lot. I'm not going to name all of them, but notably, Daquan Jones, of course, Daquan Jones and Jadeveon Clowney. And then there's, of course, the guys on defense that have been axed, let go, released, cut, goodbye. You're no longer part of this team. We, Kenny, we didn't even talk about Adoree. Adoree Jackson, Kenny Vaccaro, Malcolm Butler. This team's going to look vastly different Unrecognizable. next season. Almost. It's it's a new era here. Like I said, it, we're entering a stars and scrubs era of Titans football <laughs> here, where you're gonna count. You, listen, they they need guys to step up. Guys that haven't stepped up or haven't had to step up are gonna have to step up right now. A lot and that includes uh, Christian Fulton. That includes, I mean, David Long to some extent. Definitely includes Amani Hooker, and it's probably gonna include a handful of rookies. The Titans are in a position where they need rookies to come in and contribute because they still have holes on the team, and that's not a great place to be. And, so, and you know what? And don't for I mean, I, I agree to, to the biggest extent, right, guys? Like, of course, I think Fulton Hooker and, and potentially Long are the three biggest, but it may include T.R. Tart. It may include yeah. Laurel Murchison. It may include um, Anthony Ferkser even to an extent, right? If he's, you know, uh, you know, if, if you're not doing anything major at tight end, which I don't think you are, Jeff Swaim potentially right playing more right. snaps probably than he did a year ago so maybe Cameron Batson yeah so yeah there's a lot of potential right here for for them to count on be counting on a lot of guys to step up yeah it looks like you're probably only going to have four guys from the starting defense last year back Oof. uh so that's crazy I mean the defense was horrible though we it was horrible. every Titans was fan horrible. and and everybody covering the team said the defense was horrible they needed to nuke it and they I mean, went it and was horrible it. Actually, you're looking at five starters coming back. Yeah, uh, Simmons. We got Simmons, Byard, Evans, Brown, and Landry. And Landry, of course. Yeah, five. So five starters. I mean, that's still more than half of the guys on defense changing out. More than three fourths. It's three fourths of the secondary. This is the base starting defense. So you're probably looking at a Daquan Jones replacement coming in phase two or three of free agency. Some low, 
low dollar signing. Or is T.R. Tart and Laurel Murchison? Okay, very well could be. Very well could be. But I don't think uh, Danico Autry is exactly a replacement. I think I said that already no. for Daquan. He's more of a uh, versatile edge type of guy that can play inside and out. Overall, the defense, I think, looks better on paper right now. The offense looks worse. Would you agree? I definitely agree that the offense looks worse with the defense. <sighs> yeah. I'm not talking about the projected 2020 starters on defense. I'm talking about the guys playing in January. Well, it can't. Yeah. I mean, it can't be worse, right? I mean, they were freaking terrible, right? They gave up every <laughs> third down imaginable, right? So exactly. But the thing, the KV there for me is when I'm swapping out a Dory Jackson again, he didn't play really, but and swapping when he did, out a he Dory was bad. and Malcolm Butler. Yeah. Yeah. When he did, sure. he was bad. Yeah. There's no doubt he was bad, but let's be honest. Was there, before they cut him, was there ever a scenario where you imagined that was going to happen? I thought there was a long shot that one of them might be released. <laughs> Who's one, a Dory or who? Malcolm. Yes. But my point is, did you ever think it would be a Dory? Well, I never thought in a million years that they'd both be gone. And you're, yeah, I think you're onto something. I was pretty skeptical that a Dory Jackson would be cut. My opinion yeah, was no it's way. possible because there's $10 million in savings. If they really think the injury is not going to go away and he's not going to get back to form, then maybe they release him. But when they cut Malcolm Butler, I took it as a signal that, oh, they expect a Dory Jackson to rebound and do a cornerback one this season. I, so, I was pretty shocked. I mean, no question I would feel better about Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson versus Janoris Jenkins and Kevin Johnson or any two of Janoris Jenkins, Kevin Johnson, Christian Fulton. I'm definitely feeling better if Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson are still on the team. But if it's if it's like who, who was the pass rusher? If it's Vic Be – I don't know what other pass rusher you want me to go with. So I'm going to say if it's Vic Beasley <laughs> and – Wyatt Ray, Tuzar yeah. Skipper. Who's the other guy? Uh, Brooks Reed Brooks and Reed. Brooks Reed and Tazar Skipper with Malcolm Butler and Adoree Jackson or Danico Autry and Bud Dupree with Scrub A and Scrub B. I'm taking the latter with the better pass rush because, I mean, we've kind of had this debate off air a little bit. I'm a little bit more into the coverage is more important than pass rush just because in today's NFL, they get rid of the ball so fast. But I think in the playoffs and when the, in the games that really matter – it is about pass rush over coverage, and the Titans just watched, the whole league just watched the Bucks beat the Chiefs largely because they got pressure with the front four, and then that on the other side of the ball, the offense was able to go score a bunch of points against them. I think the Titans' offense is still going to be able to go score a bunch of points. You have to figure out how to replace Corey Davis, Johnny Smith, and mitigate your right tackle issue. No question about it. But, you know, a combination of Ferkser, a rookie, and another wide receiver signing, which I'm, like, they have, they have to add another receiver because... As we mentioned, the guys on the roster right now just don't have the experience to play in the NFL at this moment in time. But I think if you could say one side of the ball could have afforded to get a little worse while the other side of the ball needed to get vastly better, wouldn't you say the offense could afford to get a little worse and the defense needed to get vastly better? It's interesting because, again, repeat myself but it's an interesting conversation because i think a lot of titans fans i know a, a lot of us here at broadway would agree that it's an offensive league nowadays go out and outscore teams and you know you, you figure it out but yeah john robinson doesn't feel that way right this, this is this offseason so far is a clear attempt i, I would think right to create a, a little bit more balance between the two units right i, I don't think they're going to have a top three offense in the nfl 
anymore. Top five offense, even maybe, but they're also not going to have a bottom two defense, right? Yeah, seems like they're 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 aiming for a middle ground almost in both areas. And is that the right decision? I mean, it'll have to be seen, but clearly they were willing to sacrifice some of the offense in order to improve the defense. That's basically what they did. They moved money from yes. the offensive side of the ball to the defensive side of the ball. Corey Davis's money, John U. Smith's money, it went to Bud Dupree and Dina Coatry and probably Janoris Jenkins as well. Right. So we'll have to wait and see because, again, the deals for Jenkins and Kevin Johnson are going to tell us a lot about their projected roles on the team. If those deals come in for super cheap, I could see another move being made. The Titans Jenkins can't just, be that cheap. We're estimating right now pre-Kevin Johnson, Tyson Brelo, Janoris, and Anthony Ferkser. Those are the guys whose contract details we don't have yet. Um, but before those guys, the Titans are looking at about $15.7 million in cap space. They could restructure Ryan Tannehill's contract with the flip of a switch and create $20 million. That money is in an escrow account, which is a requirement of his guarantees. The money's already guaranteed to him. It doesn't cost the Titans any more. You flip that switch, you convert the base salaries into guaranteed money. It affects the cap next year. It affects the cap for the rest of Tannehill's contract. Sure, of course it does. But this year, you create $20 million of space. The Titans don't need to have $20 million in cash flow ready to give to him because that's not how it works. There's a huge misconception out there that that's how it works. Ryan Tannehill does not have to agree. That's not how it works. So all the Titans have to do is do it. They could be waiting until they need it to do it because... For whatever reason, you know, if you're not, if you don't know 100% you're making a deal, you don't need to sacrifice the 2022 and 2023 cap space to make, to not make a deal so that you have $20 million extra in 2020 doesn't actually really help you that much unless you know you're about to like trade for Allen Robinson or something crazy, right? So I think there's still a chance we could see that happen. Now, Buck Rising tweeted at me when I, I tweeted on Thursday that I, I need an explanation for why this restructure hasn't happened yet because I'm still confused as to why it hasn't happened yet because the Titans could create $20 million and re-sign Corey Davis and Jonu Smith with no problem at all, right? They could have done that, so and they chose not to do that for whatever reason. And Buck Rising replied to me and said, he hasn't heard anything official and nothing's been said for sure, but he thinks that John Robinson is just anti-restructure for whatever reason. He doesn't want to mess with his future cap or... Who knows? Who knows why? I mean, I honestly don't understand why. We've seen teams all over the league. Almost every team has announced at least one restructured deal. It seems like this is what they were made for in a year where you weren't expecting to have, or in a year where the cap goes down in an amount you weren't expecting, right? Like that's what, it seems like that's what they're for to get you out of a bind when that happens. Titans haven't done it yet. So I do think there's still moves to be made. I think they got to add a receiver who's not a, a rookie. I think they might add another cornerback who's not a rookie. And I think they are definitely 100%, I think we can say with certainty, going to spend early picks at both of those positions. Yeah, I think so too. And and, and as, as doom and gloom as it is around here right now, I would feel, and I, I said this to you off air, but I would feel a lot better about this offseason if they make one more notable move, just one. And I don't care if that's at receiver, and I don't care if it's at corner, because I would feel good about going into the draft saying they can address the other one at 22nd. Right. Over. Look, if they go get Allen Robinson or Kenny Galladay or whoever at receiver, then you spend 22 on JC Horn or Caleb Farley, or maybe Greg Newsom or Eric Stokes or whichever corner 
And I would feel good about that. You know, I'd Asante feel, Samuel Jr. Asante Samuel Jr. I'm a huge fan of his. You spend 22 on one of those guys. I, I feel good about that room now, right? You can get another receiver in the in the third. You can get a slot receiver in the third, fourth round. You can get Amari Rogers, Corn, uh, Cornell Powell, uh, Dwayne Esker. You can get some guy there. But I, I think it would be really difficult. And they won't, but it would be difficult to go into this draft with the receiver room looking the way it is right now and the corner room looking the way it is. Make one more move, one notable move at either of those positions, and I think and my tone would change completely. I think they'd be sitting a lot better because just to give you a forecast here and without getting too much into it, again, you make a move like that at receiver, that frees you up to go get a corner at 22. It frees you up to maybe get a tight end in the second or third round. It frees you up to draft another edge rusher there if you want. It frees you up to draft another. Um, they got four picks in the top 100, so I'm not sounding crazy. It frees you up to get a slot receiver. It frees you up to get a depth tackle. Like there, There's just so much that could happen, I think, in the draft. There are a lot of routes they can go and a lot of holes they can fill as long as they fill one more hole with a really good player. I, I'm fully with you, and I think that you're, you're still sniffing around and sleuthing to learn that the Titans have been <laughs> sniffing around wide receivers makes me think a move is still to come. A wide well, receiver I mean, move they, is still I, I to was, come. I, again, I mean, how, how much sniffing around are they doing? I was told it was a no so far on Josh Reynolds and D.D. Westbrook, and I told that they sniffed around David Moore, but uh, other than that, uh, doesn't seem to be a whole lot of sniffing going on. Yeah, well... They're they're at least looking at some guys. Maybe they stopped looking because they're working on a trade for Allen. Again, tra- trades are a different ballpark. Players trade don't even for know Alan about Robinson. Trades. Please, trade, just trades do it. Right? A- agents don't even know about trades before they're going to happen. Right? Players don't know that, that. You know, often happens sometimes out of the blue. So maybe they're sniffing hard around there, and 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 we just don't know it. Or go get Akeem Hicks. Kyle Fuller cut. Titans signed Kevin Johnson right before Kyle. Fuller I would have loved cut. Kyle Fuller for sure, but it seems like he's destined to go to Denver, doesn't it? I that was my first thought. He's going to reunite with Fangio. Fangio, and my, yeah. My Bears f- friend fan was texting me. He's going back with Fangio, and then a few hours later, a rumor came out that looks like he's looking at Denver or something. I don't know. And so, they got to yeah. pay Andy Dalton, right? Got to pay. <laughs> pay <laughs> and the, the Red Rockies big bucks. Crazy, crazy. There we time. go. It could be worse, Titans fans. It could be worse. Could be worse. We could have traded for Carson Wentz this offseason. Ha <laughs> ha ha. That won't come back to bite <laughs> me. All right. Last question before we wrap this up. Do you feel better or worse about the Titans roster today? Not than you did last year, but then you did one week ago. Yeah, I, I, I feel worse right now. I think it'd be mm. a little silly to say otherwise. You know, again, the, the downgrade. Then one week ago? Yeah, of course. Dude, they, they were, they've gotten worse at receiver. They've gotten worse at tight end. They've gotten worse at corner. They've gotten worse at right tackle, presumably. I mean, to be seen, but... I, I mean, that drop-off is going to be negligible, I really think. I think. Sure. But... And, and I think you better. can make up the wide receiver production. And I think the cornerback is offset by the defensive line additions. I'm super stoked about the defensive line additions. I, I'm excited about them. I am, but never you think thought Jalen Brown you would think be they're back. better now than they were a week ago. I think they. You're panicking. You this episode better. brought to you by Panic. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Music City Audible. Thanks for tuning in. This was a long one. Thanks for sticking it out with us. More moves to come. No Are you doubt about off it. Right now? No, you didn't answer the question. What? Sorry, you, what? You think they're better than they were a week ago? <laughs>
I think don't. they could be arguably better with the addition of Dupree and Autry. And He's piecing together receiver, but there's none left. There okay. will be. They're not going <laughs> to they start trade the season with Robinson. They're not going to start the season with Cam Batson as wide receiver too. I'll okay, bet you no, everything I own. I agree, but what if they start it with Sammy Watkins or Golden Tate? Sammy Watkins was a pretty good wide receiver too to Tyreek Hill. Of course, At Travis Clemson Kelsey. in 2008. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, remember when Clemson was wide receiver U? Now it's LSU. What's up, man? Is that even true? It's probably Alabama, huh? Yeah, it's definitely it's, Alabama. I, I don't know. Probably. All righty. But we're done. They're not, but no, they're, yeah, they're not better than they were a week ago. Sorry, guys. They're not. not I do yet. think not this yet. could be one of those random years where the Titans, like, you know, like after the Falcons went to the Super Bowl and then they were bad the next year, or after the Panthers went 15 and one and then they were bad the next year. Or, I feel like it happened. That would suck. I, I, I do feel there's one shoe that's yet to fall. I really do. I think they're going to do something. I hope it's just not the hope in me, but I, I do think they're going to do something and it's going to be more notable than Golden Tate or Sammy Watkins or Kevin Johnson, or I think they're going to do something. I don't know. I don't know if it's that receiver. I don't know if it's that corner. It's more likely to be at receiver. And I, I know you agree, but they're, they're going uh, to do something. I, my number one wish for the Titans going out is not to trade. I mean, trade for Allen Robinson would be number one. That seems unrealistic. So I'm going to, back off on that trade for jc jackson he's been second round tendered by the patriots which means the one-year contract would be about three and a half million a little less than that actually so if you tried to sign him to that kind of deal the patriots would be able to match if the patriots decide not to match you pay them in a second round pick you pay the the, the player or you can sign him to any deal you want it doesn't have to be a one-year 3.4 million dollar deal it could be a 10-year yeah, I mean, 10 million dollar that deal. almost they almost guaranteed yeah to match that. the patriots would probably match the minimum deal so you offer a two-year 10 million dollar deal or a four-year 15 or whatever the hell hell you want to offer and then pay a second round pick to the patriots when they don't match or you straight up just ask the you just straight up trade for him you trade the patriots a second and a seventh for him with those with that tendered second round tendered rights to sign him to a 3.4 million dollar contract for this season something like that i don't know i'm just throwing out a complete hypothetical but i think that that would make the most sense out I of think, all the possible players out there yeah that'd be good but i think whatever happens is going to happen is more likely to be a receiver i really do and i mean when you look the at the rooms is, yes yeah, exactly. i agree with that for sure exactly right and if it's not, but the thing is if it's not kenny galladay and it's not juju smith schuster and i don't think it will be either of those guys if it's not one of them, it could be Juju. Could be Juju. But if it's not one of them, then it has to be a trade. Yeah. In it order has to, to be. be satisfied. Yeah, agreed. Because there's no one else out there. It can't be Deshaun Jackson. It can't be Mohamed Sanu, who was so broken last year. It can't be Mohamed Sanu. It can't be Sammy Watkins. <laughs> it can't be, you know, Josh Reynolds. I don't even know who's left. It could be Josh it can't Reynolds. Be Westbrook. It, According to you, it won't be Josh Reynolds, but it could well, be. I mean, from a I'll feel okay about it standpoint, it could be. Uh, yeah, I mean, things can change and they could get more desperate. But yeah, uh, Josh Reynolds, from what I heard, is they, they haven't really poked around there yet. So, yeah. All righty. Well, what a jam packed week it's been. 
probably more to come. I'm guessing next week won't be quite as active, but we're going to get into phase two of free agency. So it's going to get active and we'll be back to react to everything next week. In the meantime, make sure you're checking out Broadway Sports Media. Zach is running a 2021 offseason contract tracker. He's killing it with that, huh? He is killing it with all the Titans. I mean, if you need, if you have a contract or salary cap question, at FWordsPod on Twitter, Zach Lyons is your man. He's got this Titans 2021 offseason contract tracker. Ask him anything. Anything about. Let's run up his mentions. Anything about tracks. Anything about micro brews. Oh, his battles with jungle. He thinks he can. He thinks he can beat up a mountain lion with it's his bare hands it's nuts um yeah so every single contract the titans have signed is in this tracker with the first year cap hits and the full <laughs> details i wish i wish i can remember who it was and he might remember and i'm sure he'll listen to this because he loves us but i doubt that the night that he told me that he'll he could beat up a jungle cat i was interviewing a, a i think it was a titan and i told them that i had a buddy who thinks they could beat oh, up yeah. a jungle cat. was it Derek roberson I think you're right. I don't know how you remember that, and I don't. <laughs> I think you're right. I think it was Roberson. And I told him, the guy thinks he could beat up a jungle cat. He's insane. And Roberson was like, yeah, I don't know who your friend is, but he's nuts. Get murdered <laughs> immediately by that jungle cat. No Shout question. out to Derek Roberson. He's right. You can't beat up a jungle cat, Zach. Shout out to Derek Roberson. Now only the third best edge rusher on the Titans. Boom. Take that, Acceptable. Derek Roberson. Excited to see Roby again. They're not going <laughs> to cut him. Roby's going to be on the team in 2021. Oh, for sure. For sure, for sure. So anyway, 2021 off-season contract tracker. Check that out. Check out all the great podcasts we have on the Broadway Sports 440 Media Sports Media Network. Everything gets posted to broadwaysportsmedia.com. You can get yourself a premium membership, read all the premium articles, John Glennon's articles, most of Mike's articles, film breakdowns, all that great stuff. Gets under the premium tag, so go check it out. But we have a lot of free stuff up right now, including Justin Mello's excellent interview with Chuck Smith on Bud Dupree. Head over to broadwaysportsmedia.com. That'll do it for us tonight on the Music City Audible. Again, thank you for listening this long. We know it was a long one, but it's been a crazy week in the media this NFL be our world. Ever. I think it has been. We set a new a new personal record, baby. A new all-time high, baby. Who's into the crypto game? Who's trying to get an NBA top shot pack today at Friday morning, <laughs> right? What am I talking about? Alrighty. You guys stay safe out there. Follow us on Twitter. He's at Justin M underscore NFL. I am at Titans Film Room. Until next week, everybody out there, stay safe and tighten up. A Broadway Sports Media Production.